0: Good morning. Yesterday we started our study on the mind of Christ. We learned that the mind of Christ belongs to every believer. We must use it, but we have the mind of Christ by virtue of our union with Christ through His Word and by His Spirit. We will talk more about using the mind of Christ later. The mind of Christ produces a unified people who count others as more important than themselves. And finally, When the people of God rely on the mind of Christ, they desire that God be glorified above all else. Today we will consider the command Paul gave to the church in Rome in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. This command concerns the mind. This passage is also Geneva's key verse for the year. Listen now as I read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice— holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The command of chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, functions as an application of what Paul has already taught in Romans up to this point. It be good then to look a little bit at what Paul has taught Paul taught earlier in Romans that all mankind is guilty of sin and thus incapable of saving themselves. He taught that God will always and has always reconciled man to himself through faith in Jesus Christ. Another way of saying this is to say that we are justified by faith, but though we are justified by faith, we will still struggle in this life against our own sinful flesh and our own sinful desires. God, by his grace, however, has promised to help us in our weakness and to cause all things to work together for our good in Christ Jesus. All of these truths serve as a foundation for the command we are about to consider. There is one more thing that Paul includes, which is very important. In Romans 11, 36, the last verse before the command in chapter 12, Paul says this, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. The command then of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 is rooted in the doxology of chapter 11, verse 36. God has freely given us all things in Christ and is therefore worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. And he is worthy of our obedience. That brings us now to the command of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul first appeals to believers to present their bodies as a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice sounds oxymoronic, but it also reveals an important truth. Sacrifice requires death. Under the sacrificial system, the animal that was sacrificed gave up everything, their very life, as a sacrifice. The sacrificial death that was necessary to reconcile us to God has already been made through Christ, so we are not commanded to make that kind of sacrifice. We are, however, commanded to make a living sacrifice. Thus, as we live our lives as God's people in the world, we are commanded to give over everything that we are to God. Our life is not our own, but rather, as Paul says elsewhere, We were bought with a price and must glorify God with our body. Our body, by the way, is not just our flesh and blood. It is the totality of our being. Paul goes on in talking about this sacrifice to say that it is to be holy or set apart unto God and acceptable. It is not to be done for any other reason, but for the glory of God. Paul ends verse one by saying that this is our spiritual worship. The English translation here makes Paul's meaning more confusing than it needs to be. Often when we hear the word spiritual, we are referring to something ethereal or lacking substance or something that's immaterial. That certainly cannot be what Paul is saying, since the totality of our being is to be given over to God. The Greek word translated spiritual is the word logikos, which means reasonable or, as you probably heard, logical. This is Paul's argument. Considering all that we have been given, considering the glory and majesty of God, it is only reasonable that we would give all of ourselves over to him. It's actually a no-brainer. Now, while it's reasonable, it's not easy. It's a tall order to give ourselves over as a living sacrifice. So what Paul says next is extremely important. Paul goes on to say that we are not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Remember that we already have the mind of Christ, but we also have sinful desires that conflict with and contradict what God has revealed in Christ. Conformity to the world is actually easy for a number of reasons. It appeals to our sinful nature. It seems natural since it's what we're accustomed to. And it's easy. Not many of us like to rock the boat or stir up trouble, so it's easy to simply go along with what the world is doing, to be conformed to the pattern we see in this world. The word, by the way, translated world, means age. Every age of man acts in a way that seems right to them. We will see this more when we study 1 Corinthians chapters 1 and 2. But what Paul is saying is that no age of man can produce wisdom that is consistent with the wisdom of God. Our standard is not the wisdom of this age, but rather the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ. Instead of being conformed, Paul tells believers to be transformed. The grammatical construction of this command is actually quite fascinating. It's in the present tense, which means that believers are always to be in a state of transformation, but it is also in the passive voice, which means that the transformation occurs principally by virtue of the work of another. Namely, the Holy Spirit is the one who ultimately transforms believers. Apart from God's Spirit, we cannot transform ourselves. But, the command is also in the imperative mood, meaning we don't just stand by and hope that God through His Spirit will transform us, but rather we are to actively engage in those things that the Spirit uses in order to transform us. We have to want it. An important question then is if we are to be transformed, and we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, what does it mean? to renew our minds, or to have our minds renewed? I believe that Psalm 1 gives us great insight into that question. In Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we read this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The psalmist here is clearly talking about the path to blessing, and he gives us how not to find God's blessing, followed by the actual pathway to God's blessing. There is what could be called in verse 1 a degeneration into wicked complacency. The wicked man begins by walking in the counsel of the wicked, but after a while, he stands in the way of sinners. He goes from simply listening to being much more comfortable with his wickedness, and thus he stands in it. And finally, we see that he ends up sitting in the seat of the scoffers. Now he becomes fixed in his wickedness, and becomes like the one he first listened to when he walked in the counsel of the wicked. He becomes the one giving that counsel. But what does the blessed man do? And this answers the question also of how our mind is renewed. Our mind is renewed when we delight in and meditate on the law or word of the Lord. I want to emphasize that the psalmist begins with delighting in God's word. Our mind is renewed when we see and experience the beauty and freedom offered in the word of God. But we have to know it. We have to read it. We have to study it. We have to meditate upon what God has revealed in his word. And God's spirit uses what we know of God to transform us so that we are no longer conformed to this world, but we have our minds renewed. We are equipped for nonconformity to the world. When we know and become convinced that the word of God is good, and sufficient for growing in grace and in righteousness. Paul concludes verse 2 with a remarkable promise. Through the renewal of the mind, the believer will be able to discern the will of God. This is not some kind of mystical revelation, some kind of secret knowledge that God gives, but rather it is the Spirit of God speaking through the Word of God. People always want to know what is God's will. It is available to us when we are not conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. Today we are going to pray specifically for the Grammar School. And I encourage you to go to the Spotify Spotify playlist one more time and listen to May the Mind of Christ My Savior. But let's close now in a word of prayer. Father, we are grateful for your word and we desire that our minds be renewed. We desire that we would be transformed. Father, today I want to pray for the grammar school students and the grammar school teachers. I think specifically of the kindergarten students who are coming in and making this major transition and also the rest of the grammar school students as they adjust to the new procedures and the new schedule. I pray that they would grow, that they would learn, and that they would be equipped Uh, to be the people that you have created them in Christ Jesus to be. We pray your blessing upon them, upon their families, and upon the teachers. Amen.